Well, good morning. We want to welcome you once again to the Hills Church at Home. We pray that you've got everybody awake in the household, that you've had a minute to uh, refill your coffee. So grab your Bibles. In fact, today will make it easy. You can open up to the book of James chapter one. We'll get there in just a couple minutes. If you go on our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, you can download today's message notes. And if you have any children in the household, you can download a a coloring sheet with today's verse uh, as well too. Also, because we are tracking on social media, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, if you have a prayer request, if you have something that you would like us to pray about, if there's something that you want us to also agree and thank God uh, what he's doing in your life, go ahead and you can comment in the comment section or at any time you can email us info at hillschurcharcadia.org. So as you get all those things ready and you turn to uh, James chapter one, I wanna take a minute today and I wanna, I wanna pray and I wanna use the verse Psalm 19 verse 14 for us this morning. Let me read the verse and then we'll pray. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So Father, we thank you this morning. Let the words of my mouth let that meditation of my heart, everything in alignment today be acceptable to you. To you. you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And we come today in looking into your word to get your perspective about our life. We won't worry about tomorrow. We dive in today and we look at life according to your perspective We tune our hearts in today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, in Psalm uh, 30, verse five, in fact, one of the words we're gonna look at today and the title is Count It All Joy, is the word joy because the word joy we just don't use normally unless it's Christmas. If it's Christmas time, we say the word joy. You know, and I looked up, it's five months to Christmas. We just don't use the word joy that month, but we're gonna find it in many places in the Bible. And even last week in our our message, we looked at the word, it was used joy a couple times. In fact, we looked at the man that went and sold everything he had to buy the field, and it said, for the joy in him he bought it. We'll look at just a minute in Hebrews where, for the joy of Jesus, there was a a joy on the inside. And that's really what we wanna look at today in these verses is the joy. So let's do that. Let's go right to Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. We ended with this verse last week, but I wanted to read it again because it requires us to have a focus on what Jesus did for us, but then let's focus on what his perspective was walking through what he had to walk through, and the Bible says he did it with with joy. Hebrews 12, two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Notice what it says. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now, let's stop for a minute and remember all of the things that were um, for him that were about to take place. He was about to be beaten, mocked, shamed. You, you Remember, on the cross, having most of his clothes torn off and people mocking him, there was a natural shame that took place. He had to carry his own cross. He was nailed to the cross. He carried the weight on his physical body of all the sin of the world, past, present, future. He carried upon his body the sickness and disease of the world, past, present, future, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before him was the purchasing back of you and me. He would endure all of this for the opportunity to purchase back you and I. The opportunity for us to accept him as Lord and Savior. What gave Jesus the joy? Knowing what was on the other side. Knowing that he could endure all of this because of getting us back. So keep that in thought, that joy that was set before him, the joy of walking through what he needed to walk through. That joy allowed him to, and carried him through all of this. And so we pick this up in James chapter one. James chapter one. Uh, and I wanna read this, verses one through four. And it says, James, a bondservant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into trials. Well, let's take a minute and let's look at this perspective from James. Now, James is the half-brother of Jesus. James grew up in the household of his mother Mary and his father Joseph and his brother was Jesus. Here's what I would have expected to read in the opener of James. I would have expected something like this. James, the son of the Virgin Mary, the favorite brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. I knew him longer than any of you before he even became famous. Oh, and by the way, did, did I remind you that I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, he doesn't say any of that at all. In fact, James refers to this. He refers to himself as a bond servant. 
Notice he doesn't start with some of the writings like the other apostles would do. He equates himself living to serve the Lord. That's what a bondservant is. James is saying, I am living today to serve the Lord. Could, could we stop for a, minute, a moment and could that be an anthem of our life? That today, Walter, today, you, we are living to be and to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we live and move and have our being to serve our Lord. In fact, notice the humility as James begins to write because he doesn't boast who his brother was, Jesus. He doesn't make any mention of his apostleship. He's gonna go right into this um, situation of dealing with joy. In fact, let me read it again, verse two through four. My brethren, or he would say my brothers, my sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now I want you to remember for just a minute when you begin riding your bike for the very first time, maybe you can remember back to how old you were and maybe the bike you got was for your birthday. And one of the, um, one of the things that it came with, it came with training wheels. Most all of us started on training wheels. And one of our parents or maybe even a grandparent would help us down the street and up the street on the training wheels. And we did so great on the training wheels. But you remember what happened? One day they took the training wheels off and they pushed us down the street and we fell right into the gutter of the street. We maybe even bruised and scraped our knees or our elbows. You might have even cried for a little bit, but you know what you didn't do? You didn't sell your bike or put it in the trash can. You had them push you again. You had them push you again. You probably fell again. And this was before, I remember this was before you had to wear helmets. You fell and you fell and you got scraped up and you did it again and again and again until what happened? You begin to ride so smoothly, effortlessly. You would be a terror up and down the street, going around the corners as fast as you could, sliding into the dirt, sliding into the gravel. And but you know what you did? You didn't give up at the first time you fell or the second time you fell. You know what I think part of that is James is communicating this to us when he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What do you mean count it all joy? The perspective that you have when you go through difficult times. The perspective that we have as believers is we have the Lord walking through us in any trial and in any situation in fact, the word joy, let me give you a definition of the word joy. It means gladness, cheerfulness, the cause or occasion of joy. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit in us is joy. So he says, count it all joy, gladness, cheerfulness, to, to cause or the occasion of joy when you fall into various trials. Now, that might be confusing to us because trials, what they do is they cause us to complain. They cause us to doubt. They cause us not to press into faith. They cause us to question different things. Well, he's saying right here, 
Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You know, there's a quote from a gentleman named Leo Buscalia, and he says, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only zaps today of its joy. Worry never robs tomorrow of sorrow. It zaps today of its joy. James later in his book is going to, in this next couple chapters, if you read, will remind you um, of really one of the teachings that Jesus said when Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient is today. James picks that up and he talks about, you know, your life is like a vapor. It's here one day and gone the next. He says, but yet you plan out two weeks, three weeks in in a month. Here's what we're to be. We're to be grateful for today. You know what? If you're listening and watching today, you woke up today. There's breath in your lungs. There's life in your body. God's not done with you. And yet allow the trials and the circumstances and the pressures of this day, allow those things not to overwhelm and overtake you. Allow yourself to step back. Take a deep breath. Look unto Jesus and his word and get your joy back. Get your joy back. Study how Jesus endured what he went through. And here's something that we have in common, every single one of us, in the time that we're living, all of us are going through some pressure or trial. Nothing is easy street, nothing is smooth, everything seems to be difficult nowadays, but we're not to look at the perspective and to say everything's difficult, so life is gonna be difficult. No, we're to stop and retreat back and to consider trials an opportunity to allow our joy to come forth. That joy of knowing and finding that it's in Jesus. You know, he talks about these words that we don't like, trials, testing, temptation. And really, they arise by outer circumstances. And they really, they want to get us to give up, to, to not have faith and believe God enticing us to to sin and do things that we shouldn't do. Don't allow the outside pressures to control your inner environment. Allow the inside joy that has been deposited in you by the Holy Spirit, allow that to control the outside circumstances. Don't look at the things that you see naturally. Look at the things that you see through God's perspective. He's never given up, he's never given in, he's never retreated, and God has always had his joy because it's deposited in us. He talks about faith. When your faith is threatened, tested, and stretched, the result is a greater capacity to endure and believe God's word. You know, faith many times, we won't, talk about long, but faith many times is like a muscle. And and the more that you exercise a muscle or a muscle group, the more that muscle begins to grow and it can bear 
more weight and you become stronger. So much like our faith, when these trials and tests come upon us and we have faith in God's word, regardless of if we're tested or we're being stretched, the result is we're growing stronger in our faith. We're growing stronger in our trust for the Lord. And we have that ability to believe God. He's already got us through and we can trust him day upon day. You know, and there's a word that that James uses in here that none of us like, and it's the word patient. None of us are naturally patient. We have to learn to be patient. In fact, patience really means remaining under the staying power of faith, that constant endurance. We want things so quickly, but it's that patient that allows us to remain focused, steadfast, faithful, full of God's word, that staying power under extreme circumstances, we allow patience to take root. Let's read that again, because he says, my brethren, so count it all joy. If you're sitting with somebody in your house, would you look at them and tell them, count it all joy? Tell it to them, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have the work that you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's all on your perspective. It's all on how you look at things. It's all how you take time in God's word to allow that word of God to begin to work in your heart, to fire up and fan those flames of joy, to allow your faith to grow, to allow that patience in your life to be stretched, to trust and know that God is at work. So I read this story. There's a story of of two wives and they were doing laundry in their building laundry facility and they both were mending rips in their husband's pants. And one wife said, my husband is so miserable. Nothing goes right at work. He can't find anything good on television. Our home is a place of despair. Even when we go to church, the song leader is terrible and the pastor is an idiot. That's pretty uh, descriptive there. The other wife said, my husband is so excited. He can't wait to go to church. He loves the sermons. We laugh all the time and enjoy our family. And it got very quiet in that laundry room as the women continued to sew the pants. One was patching the seat of the pants. The other was patching the knees. One was patching the seat, the other the knees. Do you think the perspective in our life when we get on our knees before the Lord and on his word changes the perspective of the things that we see? That we won't look at things the same. We don't look at perspectives the same. We'll look at them with a completely different heart and aspect. Jesus in his ministry looked at things differently 
because he understood the assignment that he was given to him by his father. He loved people and he knew the promises of the kingdom and he wanted to get those promises in their heart and it would change their perspective. Read the book of Acts. It didn't matter if they were forbidden to use the name of Jesus, they understood the power in using the name of Jesus and they watched what the ministry of Jesus said. You know, this week we found out in, uh, in the, my son's school that school now this year would not start in just a couple weeks, but it would start the day after Labor Day. And football season uh, for his senior year, football season would now begin in January. How different is that? You know, I remember when I was in school, we always started after Labor Day. And so when we began to talk about school starting later, it was all a matter of perspective. He really looked forward to having a little bit longer summer because his summer, because of summer school and football, he really would only have a couple weeks off. Now he has almost an entire summer and a little bit more September. And then we begin to talk about football in January. How odd is to think about that, football in January. But here was the perspective. You don't have to go through those extreme uh, practices in the August heat. You're doing it in January. It's already dark and cool. You'll probably get to play a game in the rain. You'll get a full season. And though it's not in the normal time frame, you know, it's really in a matter of a perspective as you look at it. It's easy. It's easier to complain. It's easier to be critical. It's easier to tear down. What becomes difficult is when we come back on the inside and rely on God's spirit on the inside of us to look at situations and circumstances different because he's changed the way that we think. He's changed the way that you react because he's at work in you. Now, James chapter one, verse five, it says this because Here's the question, right? Count it all joy. You might say, how do I do that when I fall into a trial? Uh, Testing of my faith, how do I do that? Patience, oh boy, that's one thing. So here's what James says in verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given. If you lack the understanding of how to count it all joy, if you lack that understanding that, you know, I'm allowing my faith in this pressure cooker to grow and to be strong and to trust the Lord, if you lack that ability to be patient, here's what we do in verse five. If any of you lack the wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And notice what it says, it will be given to him. So let's do that. Let's stop right here and let's come to our Father in any of these areas that you might say, you know, I'm really struggling today with the trials and the temptations. And even saying count it all joy is hard to do. You might say, I'm really struggling in my faith today, staying strong, rooted, grounded. It's been a battle trying to read God's word. 
we're going to ask wisdom from God. And if you say, you know, hey, it's it's the patience thing for me. My patience is off off the rail. Then let's come to God and ask for wisdom today. Can we do that together? So Lord, as we come together and pray, as we read that verse, if any of you lack wisdom. Father, we know that Solomon said wisdom is the principal thing. And you said, if we lack and we ask that you give it to us. So Father, I pray for that one that is struggling with the concept of joy. In fact, that even thing, that joy unspeakable. Lord, I pray that you would give them that joy, even that we read Jesus had. Even that we read that David would comment and sing and write about. I pray joy, that gladness comes up from the inside and it changes the perspective of the things that they see. Father, I pray for those struggling in their faith. That, Lord, the absence of your word is what causes doubt and lack of faith. I pray, even as we are praying together, Father, that you fill them up, that you make them bold believers today, that there are men and women of God, children of God, that are full of your faith, full of your power, even like we saw Stephen had, full of faith and power standing upon your word. And Lord, I pray for those that are lacking patience. David might say, you know, I've been flying off the handle lately. Lord, I pray, let patience have its perfect work. If they lack patience, Lord, and are asking today for, for wisdom, Lord, give them wisdom. Give them eyes to see. Allow there to be a pause in their life to be patient. Allow that fruit of the Spirit to begin to grow in their life. And we thank you and we bless you and we agree because you said you'd give it to us. And so, Father, we say yes and amen together in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, each each week I'm also mindful that people tune in that don't know Jesus that maybe this is a, a first-time occurrence. And as you're following along and hopefully following past messages and are, are, are hungering to read about God's Word, I want to give you that opportunity today that we read about in Romans 10, 9, and 10 to ask Jesus into your heart to make Him Lord. Allow Him to come in. And would you pray this prayer with me? In fact, I think it's important that if you're watching Pray this prayer along. This isn't the time to tune out, go get some more coffee and come back. No, it's important that you exercise and pray this because you never know who you're going to come across today. Can we all pray this together? In fact, especially those of you that might be praying it for the very first time or you're praying it today as an opportunity to come back in relationship and right relationship with the Lord. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time today, would you reach out to us so that we can connect with you? We just want to connect with you, pray with you, get you on track reading God's word uh, and allow this uh, partnership and opportunity to allow us all to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, at this time, uh, as we do each week, we receive our tithes and offerings, though we're not in a service. Uh, we can do it through uh, our live streaming today. In fact, the verse I want to read is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18. And it says this, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant for which he swore to your fathers as it is this day, that we remember this in Deuteronomy. Uh, all that we have, all that we've been given, all of the insight things that we've been trusted with, the Bible lets us know he has given us the power so that we may establish his covenant. So in your giving today, in our giving today, as we give it back to the Lord, can we remember this, that we are establishing his covenant, his ministry on the earth in partnership together. And as we do each week, let's pray this prayer together. Would you pray it from your heart, from your mouth, and allow it to be really a statement of your faith today in your God? Let's say this together. As I give in today's offering, I remember your promises to me because you are the God of miracles and the God of provision. I remember today that you are the reason I am blessed. You have given me the strength to work, to start my business, to finish my schooling, and to invest my resources. You are the reason for all of my blessings. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can click on the Give link. It's fast, safe, uh, and secure. If you're giving by mail, you can uh, um, address the envelope to the Hills Church P.O. Box 661419, and that's Arcadia, California, 91066. And again, we appreciate your support and partnership uh, in the ministry. Let me say this, every single Wednesday night, ever since really, probably uh, in March, we have been doing a Wednesday night gathering and communion by Zoom. We schedule it for 30 minutes. We allow people at 30 minutes to get off to go on and we stand and talk to one another, but we take time to catch up on uh, how people are doing, do a short devotional, but then as often as we're reminded in the scripture, we have communion together. So we send out an email the beginning of the week, and if you've never gotten that email and you'd like to be in our list, email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org and ask about uh, getting on the email list. Or you can go to our website and click on the contact 
sheet so that you can be involved. We do that every single Wednesday night. Also, we'll keep you updated um, on some plans. We are in the final wrap-up stages of some infrastructure that we had to do to our facility. But once we do come back to services, we will every single week, and it's a commitment here going forward, have a live stream uh, service for those of you that have jumped in and we'll talk about our plans uh, in the next couple of week, weeks. Well, as we do and as we close uh, each and every time, we remember the verse, why we're called the Hills Church at a Psalm 121, one and two. David penned this, sung this, and said this as he was looking for the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant on Mount Mor Moriah. He said these words, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We are praying for you. Have a blessed day and have a great week.